This is the New Zealand Initiative podcast. I'm Michael Johnston, and today I'm joined by Belinda Blick and Dr. Helen Walls, and we're going to be talking today about writing and the education of writing. So welcome to you both. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you, Michael. So you will have seen some results out of the Ministry of Education over the last couple of weeks, or in the last couple of weeks, where they trialled some new assessments for NCA literacy and numeracy, and the results for reading and numeracy weren't too flash, with about two-thirds of the students meeting the standard and a third not. For writing, it was even worse, with only about a third meeting a basic standard for being able to write. And we're not, we're not talking about university-level writing here, are we? Just a, a kind of fundamental ability to write in order to function in a, a modern economy and society. Yeah, and you know those results, Michael, aren't really surprising. I mean, we've had similar data in, for example, the um, National Monitoring Study of Student Achievement in 2018. According right. to that study, just 35% of the Year 8 students assessed achieved the, the uh, curriculum level, the expected curriculum level of Level 4. So, Well, that's interesting because, you know, the, the New Zealand Initiative published a little report about this and the response from the ministry and other education people seemed to be that, well, this result can't be trusted because they were Year 10s and not a year, not Year 11s or, or because maybe they weren't taking the test seriously. Were you surprised, Belinda? I was actually, I wasn't surprised with the results, to be honest. I'm surprised that the ministry uh, didn't take it seriously enough because I think they're a true reflection of what we're seeing going on in the classrooms at the moment. Well, from uh, what... Earlier this year, I was actually working with Year 9 and 10 support, learning support in a school, and I would, I would say that the majority of students in that group that I was working with certainly wouldn't have passed. Yes, I see. Uh, and they were a reflection of what was really going on in the mainstream as well. Well, of course, the two of you spend a lot of time in schools helping teachers with their their writing teaching. And so you would probably have a pretty good feel for how things are out there. Why do you think it is that the ministry are trying to pretend that there's not a problem? I can only guess. I have no idea. I suppose they're attempting to save face on this issue. But yes, I... I I agree with Belinda, you know, what we're seeing in schools is generally low levels of achievement in writing and then we're also meeting students who have been completely let down by the system. Children in year four, for example, who still cannot spell so that their writing is readable or still cannot form letters correctly. So, yeah, we have a generally low level, we see that, and then we have some children who have been just utterly let down and failed by our system as it is right now. I actually think it's a lot of it is just a, a lack of knowledge, to be honest, uh, and a lack of awareness of coming out of teachers' college of what are the really important things that should be taught and a real back to basics if we want to really raise achievement. This may come as a surprise to many of our listeners and perhaps many parents around New Zealand. I, I mean, we might think that teachers, when they go to teachers' college, when they when they go to university, where, where they're often trained now, they would have state-of-the-art knowledge about how to teach basics like literacy. Why is it like this? Well, uh, you go, Helen. Oh, well, I, I, was going to ask, I was going to ask you, um, Belinda, sh to share the results of the survey that you um, conducted. Sure. So, so recently I polled 850 teachers uh, across the country 
and I asked them when they were trained and what training they received in, in terms of handwriting while they were there. And there was a clear pattern that up until about 2000, about 65% of teachers were taught something about handwriting, but even, even their responses when they did say yes were that it was mainly minimal. And then since 2000, it's really fallen off. And the results showed in the last, since 2010, it's about 90% of our teachers come out of Teachers College with no knowledge of handwriting. No, so, no, no, I mean, no training in that at all is what you're saying. No training. And the ones who did say they had uh, training, they were pretty much given the traditional old teaching handwriting book uh, put out by the ministry in originally 1988. Right. Or eight, in the late 80s. And um, they were handed that. And a lot of them commented that they were actually... Uh, exposed to any teaching of handwriting only through an associate teacher while on practicum. I see. But if you think about it, if you've got 20 years of teachers who haven't had teacher training in handwriting, the majority of associate teachers that teacher trainees are going to actually don't have that knowledge as well. I suppose some people might think that handwriting as such isn't so important anymore because children use computers, they can type instead. Why is it important for children to learn handwriting in, in 2022? There are so many reasons. You know, I'm going to say that um, handwriting is as essential to, or learning to handwrite is as essential to literacy development as teaching of uh, sound-to-letter correspondences or teaching phonics. So handwriting is the biggest predictor of writing achievement in year one. So children with um, good handwriting are much more likely to be able to produce quality writing in terms of the ideas they express and, um, you know, following conventions correctly. As well as this, and and this is because um, if we teach handwriting and we teach children to form letters automatically, it frees up working memory. They can focus on other things, Okay. So it's absolutely huge for writing. It is the biggest predictor in year one. Uh, In the middle school, you know, it's still important. So the technical skills, handwriting and spelling combined account for about 45% of the difference in the quality of of children's writing in about year five. Um, And when you say the quality, you mean the the quality of the substance of their writing, not not just the surface features. Yes, that's right. Um, What we teachers might refer to as deeper features, I suppose. Um, So it's it's absolutely key for writing. It's the most important underlying subskill for teaching writing, and it should be the priority of every junior school teacher just for writing but then we need to also uh, be aware that it's a hugely important tool for literacy learning in general so uh, many many um, intervention studies have have demonstrated that when children and adults uh, practice um, their their word knowledge spelling uh, using handwriting they outperform other groups who practice the same knowledge using typing tracing or working with letter tiles And we know from neuroscience, uh, um, MRI scanning has demonstrated that um, this is because handwriting alone and not those other forms of practice, it connects the brain's uh, motor cortex with its speech and language areas, right? Mm -hmm. Activating the reading circuit, activating those parts of the brain that are, you know, that are used in skilled reading and helping children to map, I suppose, orthographically map, right, the sound to letter correspondence. We hear the sound. Then if we form it on the page and, and, and connect a letter name to that shape, 
what, what better way to learn about uh, letters and sounds. So, you know, it's absolutely huge for writing. It's huge for reading. And I, I really can't emphasise this enough. I mean, there have even been uh, studies, for example, um, Virginia Berninger, who is, you know, pretty much the world's leading expert in handwriting research, conducted a study where she trialled five different handwriting treatments to determine which was the most effective method for teaching. And her control group, because of course you want to give the control group an equal amount of focused uh, teaching time as the other groups, her control group were given instruction in phonics. At the end of the intervention, all of the handwriting groups outperformed the, the phonics group on every measure, including word reading, including a test of word reading. So yeah, handwriting, its significance to writing and reading development cannot be overstated. And the fact that just 10% of our teachers in New Zealand are coming out of our pre-service training uh, courses with no knowledge of this is, I, I mean, I'm actually at a loss for words. It's completely mm-hmm. unacceptable. So there's, there's quite a lot of big ideas that you opened up there, which would be worth exploring a, a little bit. First of all, let's start, I think, with the last point you make, made, which is that the handwriting group actually outperformed those who were trained in phonics at reading. Now, I don't think you'd be saying that phonics isn't important for learning to read, right? No, not at all. Of course, that's totally central as well. So so you, what you're saying is that this motor skill of handwriting even trumps something as fundamental as, as understanding the correspondences between spelling and sound. Do you think that's because, and I'd be interested in your view on this as well, Belinda, through handwriting, the, the the spelling to sound correspondences actually are made clear because they they have to be produced when we spell. In fact, it is at least partly a phonological process as well that we're starting with the sound and moving to the orthography rather than the other way around. Would, would that be your understanding of how it works? Most definitely, and you know, with a lot of the work I'm doing in classes at the moment, I'm seeing that. Uh, if we can practice the spelling patterns and the formation of the letters, uh, the children are learning all the sounds alongside of it. So there's so you know you can kill two birds with one stone, and you and you know that when you're doing handwriting that you can address some of the other sound knowledge that you need to know. It's just it's so crucial. Yeah. So we might actually be saying that by producing the writing. It's actually, it is learning phonics, but it's learning it in a more automatised way. Would that be a a fair summary of it? Yes, helping to secure those sound-to-letter correspondences in long-term memory. That's what handwriting will do for our students. And, you know, when we think about it, you know, we know from from neuroscience that, you know, what is happening in the brain when children handwrite letters, as I said, it activates what is referred to as the brain's reading circuit. It activates all of those pathways that skilled readers use when they are reading, whereas typing, tracing and working with letter tiles, those forms of practice do not. You know, So we know from neuroscience, but it makes intuitive sense too. Yes. When we go to form a letter you know, by handwriting it, you know, we, it's just such a cognitively complex task. We have to think about size, shape, speed, spacing, all of that. As well, we get varied and interesting feedback. We hear the sound of our pencil on the paper and every letter sounds a little bit different. As well, we get that kinesthetic, that touch feedback, and every letter feels a little different. Now, of course, with letter tiles or with typing, every letter feels the same, every letter sounds the same, right? Right. So this is hopefully quite easy for teachers to to understand and remember 
we, we absolutely must prioritise handwriting in our classrooms. I mean, it's fascinating that you bring in the kinesthetic consideration, which, you know, for listeners who may not know what that means, it's the, the sensation of movement of the body. And so obviously when we're handwriting, we're doing it with our hands. It's a fine motor skill. Whereas, as you say, well, typing does involve a physical movement, but it doesn't distinguish one letter from another. And so there isn't that direct relationship between the formation of the letter and the motor movement. Why is it so important, though, for writing or, or from the, for the conveying of language to have that motor involvement, do you think? Well, I think the significance of handwriting to writing or of teaching handwriting to writing is all about just basically automatising that motor skill so that we free up space in working memory. You know, I mean, people, you could try it at home, you know, write a shopping list with your non-dominant hand. How easy is it then to remember all the things on the list? How long does it take you? So when we're doing, when we're handwriting, but it's not yet fluent, what happens is is that it occupies all of working memory. That's the part of our brain that we're using in all new learning or in any problem-solving activity. Now, you know, writing is such a complex task. We need every bit of it that can be automatised to be automatised as soon as possible. Free up working memory and suddenly the child is free to express their ideas The ministry have really gotten it wrong for the past 30 years and it seems that the university training providers are still not alert to this. You know, we must teach these technical skills early and well, get them sorted fast. This will allow, you know, our children to express their ideas creatively and freely. You know, we we must do that for the sake of creativity. I, I think, Helen, a lot of it comes down to teacher content knowledge though as well. I think if they're coming out... Of teachers college and they haven't got the understanding it, it's you know in my day-to-day work a lot of what I'm doing is actually just teaching teachers how to form letters themselves so if you can imagine most of our uh, many of our younger teachers have come through school themselves in the last 20 years not actually been taught handwriting so we've got a problem with teachers not having the content knowledge through no fault of their own, yes. but needing a lot of support to, you know, originally at Teachers College, some of the comments that came through on my survey talked about how in South Africa, the teachers would would have to practice their letters on boards and they would have to pass different things like that in order to show that they had the, the knowledge. And a lot of the early New Zealand teachers used to come out Uh, And the first thing that they were asked to teach on practicum was a handwriting lesson because it was seen as something that was quite straightforward with explicit instruction. Yes, and perhaps something quite central as well. Unfortunately, now it's changed. Pardon? Something quite central as well, something of central importance. Yeah. Yes. I also see that teachers, I mean, they've got so much to cover in a classroom and in a digital world, teachers seem to just leave it alone and and think, oh, yeah. well, if I'm going to drop something, I'm going to drop handwriting. But of course, it should be the last thing that they do. I guess it's no surprise if, if they haven't been prepared adequately to teach it, that they don't feel too much mm-hmm. confidence with it. And therefore, it, it would be something that they would let go if, if they were running out of time or felt that they had to cover other things. Yes, I'd like to come back to this concept of working memory to 
to make sure that people are understanding what we're talking about there. So, I mean, I've, I've got a, a nine-year-old daughter who she quite likes to write and she, she writes stories quite a bit. And one of the things that I've noticed is that her spelling is much better when she's not trying to write, write creatively and, and her letters are neater as well. And I think that illustrates the working memory issue, which is, as you said, Helen, that, that it's a memory system that we use for sort of immediate experience and new learning so that if something isn't learned to the point of automaticity yet, it's taking up the working memory resources. So when she's deploying her working memory on the story, on being creative, she hasn't got the resources yet left to, to concentrate on the spelling and, and the formation of the letters so much. And clearly she hasn't automatised those things enough yet for them to be able to happen without her concentrating on them. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we see in other studies, uh, Michael, that, you know, when a measure is taken of handwriting speed and then another one taken of writing quality and then, you know, then an intervention is conducted whereby those struggling handwriters are given 10 minutes a day of explicit teaching, you know, of letter formation, without any energy being put into or any teaching around expression, that the quality of their written expression improves, like, dramatically, you know. So, but I also, I guess we need to think about the other big issue here, which is that poor handwriting is a is a total killer for motivation. It, it's a real sea anchor for those children that haven't been taught it and haven't mastered it. You know, imagine the experience of a of a child coming into school who's struggling and whose teacher doesn't help him or her to know which way around letters go or give him or her enough practice every day so that that becomes automatic. You know, that child is, is asked to write a sentence and they, they go to their table and they're trying to think, they're trying to write a word and they, they have to listen to sounds, think of letters, and then they have to form those letters on the page. Now, if they don't actually know how to, if they're wondering which way around a D or a B goes, or they're worried because their handwriting looks babyish or messy or they can't fit it on the line, you know, they're likely to forget what they wanted to write in the first place, but also, you know, they're going to feel like a failure. Right. They're going to start hating writing and they're going to avoid writing practice. So they're not going to make progress. So, so you know, handwriting, I think, or the, the lack of handwriting instruction in schools is one important explanation for this problem we have in New Zealand with Matthew effects, where, whereby right. the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. You know, you start school and you haven't really held a pencil before. Writing is going to be much harder for you if you're not taught to handwrite, you know. So, so you avoid practice, you don't improve. Whereas the child who's been lucky enough to have supportive a supportive you know early childhood experience where a teacher has actually taught them some letters or whatever it may be you know they're not going to struggle in that way with writing they're going to feel successful they're going to want to do it more so they are going to make progress so the gap between the haves and the have have nots yes you know or this or the relatively skilled compared to those who perhaps just don't have yet you know the experience to succeed that just gets what wider it's so important motivationally, isn't it? Belinda, I'm interested in what advice you would give teachers. There may well be some teachers listening to this who have not been taught handwriting and how to teach handwriting. What advice would you give them, given the importance that both you and Helen are ascribing to this skill? How can they serve their children well? What What, what do they need to do? Personally, I think that needs to be a ministry driven as well. I mean, I in my own 
role as the literacy facilitator, I am leading PLD in handwriting, so upskilling teachers in how to how to do printing, New Zealand printing and New Zealand cursive. I just wanted to mention that I'd been talking to a teacher last night. I was I was running a workshop actually on on New Zealand cursive for uh, for teachers from year three to six, and I have a teacher who's been using a set of videos that I created. Uh, a few months ago on New Zealand Cursive and I just put them all up on YouTube and they're there for teachers to use, to refer to, to support them with their own classroom programs and I, on a daily basis there are over two and a half thousand teachers using those videos. So if you think of that per how many children that could be reaching, I, I'm really thrilled with that. So That's if brilliant. teachers haven't got any clue where to start? I would I would send them there. Well, thank you. We'll put, I, we'll put a link to those clips every, if, uh, uh, on the on the podcast, so that uh, anyone who's listening can find them. Yeah, and and a teacher I was working with last night um, on a workshop has been using my videos throughout the year, and her year three and four students just had their parent interviews, and the children, you know, I want when Helen talks about confidence with handwriting, that's so true. She asked her children, what's the highlight of your year this year? And 90% of her class said cursive college. So she's calling it cursive college. And these children have had so much success with their writing that the parents at the parent interviews were blown away at the change and what they were able to produce just because this teacher has been working so hard to explicitly teach and using using my videos as well to support her with her handwriting. So we know it's going to improve confidence, you know, with writing. So, so there's, there's, all, there's all this mounting evidence that handwriting is important, that phonics is important in reading, that a whole structured approach to Literacy to both reading and writing is a far better way to ensure that children, whatever their backgrounds, are given their birthrights in terms of the, the, the ability to express themselves and to understand knowledge. And yet we're not doing this in a widespread way. Belinda, you mentioned that you think the ministry needs to intervene here. Why have they not intervened already? What What, what is holding us up here if you consult I'm the, at a loss. yeah i mean you, you you look at the back of say effective literacy practice you know the reference list and you see that the ministry have actually failed to consult any of the rigorous empirical studies in this area they just haven't read the research they really should have read and you know that goes for effective literacy practice which I tell teachers if you've got it in your school can you please stick a big danger sign over the front of it this is a 200 page document with just two paragraphs dedicated to the, to the teaching of handwriting you know it should as I've said already today be the top priority of every junior school teacher but it also goes for the recent literacy strategy document that, that the ministry released you know flip to the reference list you don't see the names you should be seeing we should be seeing the ministry consulting research by people like Virginia Berninger Graham and Harris uh, Deborah McCutcheon Christensen yes Jones and Christensen we should be seeing these names in our in our ministries um, handbooks for teachers and in, in our, all of our ministry materials we're not seeing them the ministry really needs to um get with the program basically. Teachers are ahead of the ministry on this. I'm so proud of our grassroots movement in, in Aotearoa, you know. 
Well, the question for me is why are the I, why, why I is the I also think that I, I honestly I think the ministry need to say that there is an issue, especially with handwriting, and say right, we've got some experts out there. Let's get them out there. Every school should be having handwriting training. Every teacher across the board in a primary school needs it. And I think it should be funded and immediate. <laughs> and the fact that it's not, do you think that's bureaucratic inertia or is there ideology at play? Ideology. Yeah, same. A commitment to whole language, nice sounding ideas that have not actually stood up to empirical you know, testing. Also, mm-hmm. I also think, you know, so the ministry's not there yet and it seems as though the university training, training providers aren't there either. Teachers, you know, spread the word. If we need to start, we need to have handwriting taught in every junior class every single day as soon as possible and it's easy. It's easy when the children are young, they love it and it's, it is, is quite simple to teach. So, you know, we need to think about, you know, I mean, do look at Belinda's amazing videos but... You know, just start tomorrow. You've got to show your children how to form letters. Mm. You've got to then closely monitor their practice. So you make sure that the letter doesn't just look right, but it's been formed in the right way. For example, a T, you know, we start at the top of that tall st- stick and go down to the line, right? So just just do it. Ten minutes a day, model it, then have student practice their own self-generated letter forms. Not tracing, it's not going to do the same thing. Have them practice their own self-generated letter forms and watch them closely so that you can quickly support them to overcome any little confusions that might be developing. So it's easy and fun and very satisfying to teach in the early years and you will see amazing gains for both writing and reading. The problem is that it becomes very hard if a child hasn't received appropriate instruction in those early years, it becomes very hard to remediate difficulties beyond about year three. So we really need to grab those early years and and teach it well uh, in those early years. And what would you say, either of you, to parents who are worried that their children are not making the progress that seems... It seems that they should. What can parents do about it if, if they have a teacher who hasn't been taught to teach writing well? What, what's the, uh, the answer for them? Uh, share this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Suggest that they get in touch with Belinda or I. We, we, we're happy to help. You know, We really want to solve this crisis <laughs> and, and achievement that we're seeing in New Zealand right now. Yeah, talk, talk, to, this, talk to the principal, talk, talk to the teacher. Uh, tell them what you really need I, and want I, for I your child. Yeah, it is hard mm. for teachers. I, it's not I, the fault of the teachers; they the haven't been equipped. Well. Go to the teacher. I think that's exactly right. I think the first first thing you really need to do is is have a chat. I know that teachers are working really hard, but it's it's finding out what handwriting actually. If they are doing handwriting in the class, what it looks like. If it's if it's a handwriting card, it's not going to make a difference. And that's exactly what Helen's saying. With that explicit teaching, is the most important thing. The, the assessment, the formative assessment, you know, correcting children in real time is where we get the change. And it's, and it's you know, we can't, so as, as a parent, I think it's really important that you sort of just, just questioning what's going on. And I think, because you, you have to advocate for your children. Yes, and it needs to be little and often, it needs to be every day, right? But just for 10 minutes, so that's fine. I mean, if 
Uh, worst case scenario, parents, you could just do it yourself at home for 10 minutes a day. You don't right. want to lose that window of opportunity when your child is five, six, seven. You want to get it sorted early, yeah? And that's where these great resources that the two of you are uh, producing can be so powerful because they can be used at home as well as at school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it seems to me that we actually need a fundamental shift in the way we're training teachers. And I don't know if that will come from the Ministry for Education. There are all these providers of... of teacher training in the universities and elsewhere and it's hard to find much content directed towards effective literacy or numeracy for that matter let alone the sorts of things that you were talking about Helen in terms of cognitive load and working memory and mm. the, the, the importance of kinesthesia in, in learning things like I think we need to make it a priority as well. It's not one of the priorities of professional development for teachers at the moment or for the ministry. So I think something along those lines, literacy needs to be at the forefront if we want to raise achievement for all. It's hard to imagine why it wouldn't be a priority when we get data like the ones that we're seeing at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I was going to say, you know, training providers, I've, I've, I've heard that some good handwriting stuff is happening at various universities, you know, make yourselves known, advertise that to your potential students, you know, we need to know <laughs> which are the best training providers to, to go to. And, and, you know, Michael, talking of the training, it's generally inadequate, not just for handwriting. And when we think about training teachers to teach writing more generally, surveys have found that, you know, most teachers report that their training was inadequate. So, you know, there was a survey, for example, by Power and, and conducted by Power and Jessen in 2015. They surveyed teachers on their preparedness to teach writing and 70% of their respondents rated their pre-service training as either non-existent, minimally or somewhat helpful. Um, McNeil and Kirk uh, conducted a survey, I think it was around 2000 and, oh, it was 2013, uh, it was about teachers' preparedness to teach spelling and 69% of their respondents reported that they had not had adequate preparation to teach spelling. You know, so there are glaring issues here that, you know, we need to address ASAP. Well, the, the, the public mm. need to know about them, so I, I thank you very much for talking to me today because that will be one small step in a long journey to remediating this problem which has really got its hooks into our education system and of course what happens in our education system has profound consequences for life and our economy and our society so thank you both very much for coming today and for the work that you're doing for this country thank you michael thank you